Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Flip Flop Experience podcast. I am here with my special guest, Leah Vincent of Vincent Vacations. Welcome, Leah. Hello, it's the Leah and Leah show today. I'm so excited we managed to coordinate our travel schedules to get you in today. It was like, what about this date? What about this date? What about this date? <laughs> Leah and I go way back as travel <laughs> friends. I worked with Leah for many years at her agency, Vincent Vacations, in my years as a travel agent. And we both share info a lot because we like to travel with our kids. But tell us about your agency, Leah. So we're a traditional brick and mortar travel agency in Oklahoma City, but then we also have um, about 250 travel agents that all sell travel as independent contractors all across the country. So we kind of have best of both worlds in uh, vacation land. We just sell vacations. So cruises, tours, the beach, going to Hawaii, Disney, that kind of thing. But yeah, so I have um, a great team of employees and then independent contractors. So two different, two different types of agents that I manage. So did you always want to be a travel agent or and to own your own travel agency? How did you come into this job? So honestly, I probably didn't even think about it. I started working at Southwest Airlines in 2002. And I really fell in love with the travel industry. I've always been a traveler. My family's always been travelers. But then being in my low 20s, I really didn't love nights, weekends, holidays that you get when you work for an airline. So I decided to transition and applied at this small travel agency that was um, by my house, which Mm -hmm. come full circle, um, used to be kitty corner from where our office is now. So I think it's funny how... Like 20 years later, it came to the same intersection (laughs) in Oklahoma City, but I really enjoy it. I didn't uh, necessarily plan to grow such a huge team, but during COVID, I didn't have anything else to do. (laughs) So I started doing training classes and training agents via Zoom. I used to just do it in person, so that really limited who could attend and um, my time and all that kind of stuff. So Now I've um, been doing training classes every few months via Zoom and really grown the team that way. And it's been amazing. It's really put Oklahoma on the map as far as for suppliers. We used to kind of get the shaft on anybody ever coming to Oklahoma as far as like a supplier because they would go to Dallas or they'd go to Kansas City. And now um, they have some a big account in Oklahoma City. So I'm, I'm proud of that. You should be proud of it. Congratulations. Thanks. I was one of your first agents way back in the day when it was tiny. So it's been awesome to see it grow. It's actually really fun. Like people are like, when are you going to stop growing the team? Maybe when I stop enjoying it, I enjoy meeting new people and having like just making a longer table, you know, for more people because 
there is millions of people in the world. So I don't feel like we're ever going to be like stepping on each other's toes because there's always somebody else you can, you're planning trips for. There's not really a lot of um, overlap as far as clients. I love that. So you travel a lot now for work, but are you working, when you're working, are you working as a travel agent and still booking vacations or do you have different responsibilities now? Oh, great question. I actually don't typically take on any clients. I have a short list. So if you're listening to this and you're my client, you're probably my one of five. Like I really don't take on clients at all anymore because we have so much marketing. That's basically what I'm doing is marketing, traveling, experiencing new places. I usually come back and train the team on the destination that I just went to. And it's also about relationships. So going on different trips that help build that relationship with that supplier or hotel, also escorting travel agent groups to destinations so that that's probably my favorite part is taking our team to different places and then family trips. So it's the family trips. I always tell the agents, like if I have my kids, that's technically my vacation. I mean, I still feel like I have my work hat on no matter what, but that's when I'm going to be, try to be more checked out. More present. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely challenging. That's a better way to say it. (laughs) More present. (laughs) Yeah. It's challenging because um, when you are always into marketing travel, it's, you know, you always want to capture this or share that. And so Uh when you're with your family, you know, I do the same thing to try to be like, okay, put the phone down. We're just, we're just here to enjoy it and make memories. But also Mm -hmm. for myself, I want to take the video and pictures. So it's a tough balance to try to to make that a balancing act and make sure that you're being present in the moment and not always in work mode. And Leah just got back from a trip that looked so fun. Jameson was super jealous. So tell us about your trip to Japan for Thanksgiving. Japan hasn't necessarily been on my list, but it was on my husband's list. And my kids like all things Japan from Disney, Universal, anime. So when I saw Dallas, Fort Worth has a nonstop to Tokyo, I was like, let's do it. It was an easy, quote unquote, easy flight about 13 hours from Dallas to Tokyo nonstop. I think most people don't imagine Japan, like the first thing they think of isn't kid-friendly destination, but it's actually number one on Jameson's list. And you guys did so many fun things for the kids. Can you tell us some of their favorite activities you guys did? I had the kids make a list of their favorite things. Number three was probably Universal Studios. That's where the first uh, Super Nintendo World is. We have one in California now that just opened um, in 2023. But the Super Nintendo World um, in Osaka, Japan, opened several years ago. And it's actually larger. It has more things. It has two rides as opposed to one. So that was really neat for my Nintendo loving children. And you're able to purchase, it's called Premier Access. And so you get fast passes for a list of rides. You can pick how many rides you want to include in your Premier Access. And then the price is adjusted accordingly. But that really helped make it a more enjoyable experience because people in Japan, like the theme of the trip was they like to wait in line. And I was like, Oh my word, all these (laughs) Japanese people are just waiting in line. Like they're so patient and their kids are just acting good. Yeah, alternate universe. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, my kids would be laying on the floor. So Universal Studios is number three. Number two, we did a lunch with sumo wrestlers Mm -hmm. and they were retired sumo wrestlers and they go to this restaurant and they do a whole demonstration and they, I know it's pretend, but it really captivated the kids where they would be like, we're going to have three matches and see which wrestler is going to win. They made it pretty theatrical. 
Yeah. And then they let the kids put on sumo wrestler fluffy suit type things <laughs> and go in and um, battle the sumo wrestlers. And they really liked that. But their number one thing was we did a ninja class and yeah. they got to work with a ninja in this like ninja studio that had all these things like it would have like trick door and uh, all kinds of stuff that they got to do. They got to throw those stars that are like illegal, I think, in some parts of yeah. the United States and they got to blow a dart gun like a real like I was like don't suck back I mean I think anytime something's really dangerous that wins number oh, one yeah. in boys hearts that looked so fun Jameson would love that too he used to take ninja class every week so going to a real ninja class would be super fun yeah and like a lot of the Japanese girls like to dress up like twins it's like just their thing so they would be like wearing matching Marie Aristocat fluffy hats and then they're into like wearing, it lo almost looks like a school uniform, very 90s, like clueless, shared. Yeah, the type. plaid skirts. The plaid skirts. Mm -hmm. So they're wearing these Marie Aristocat fluffy hat and plaid skirts. And so they look like twins. There was a group of four of them at one point, all wearing tw the exact same outfit. And then they all had turkey legs. <laughs> so you guys, you travel a lot with your kids. What uh -huh. percentage of trips would you say you take with or without your kids? Honestly, I'm traveling two to three times a month. Mm -hmm. And the kids probably only come with me once every other month. I really kind of am a stickler about not taking them out of school. It seems like they just get behind slash have all this homework slash then it's yeah. more of a hassle for us <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to catch up. They've been to five continents now. We're going to do six in July with my oldest. I'm just going to do me and him to Ecuador, but I'm sure the rest of them will be like, what, when are we going to do number six? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just got to five continents too. So we need Asia. So we're going to yeah. try to get to Asia in the next year so we can get to six continents. Yeah, I like it. The kids really want to go to Antarctica, but I'm kind of nervous that they will be bored. There's literally nothing else to do once you're there the excursions and it's not like they're sending carnival fun ship. I don't know what on these expedition cruises. If they, have, they don't have like kids them. clubs and stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. It might have to be rock like climbing a climbing walls. It might have to be when you're older. Rock climbing walls in Antarctica would probably be a bad idea anyways, I guess, with the Drake yeah. shake. <laughs> yeah. My kid, they might have to go to Antarctica when they're older, I guess, and they can entertain yeah. themselves. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't make up my mind myself if I want to go to Antarctica because I see people's videos and pictures and I'm like, oh, that looks like it'd be such an amazing experience. And then I watch people's videos of like the passage and stuff. And I'm like, maybe I don't need to go that bad. Maybe six yeah. is good. Maybe you can yeah. just say I'm good at six continents. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a trip you can take where you fly from like Chile or something and you just go on a helicopter or an airplane. You like touch Antarctica and come back in the same day. I think it's probably really expensive or something. But I think there's a way yeah. to do it where you just pop over really quick. So I'm like, maybe I'm if I really need to cross helicopters. I know I really don't like flying in helicopters. <laughs> they freak me out a lot. They look like they're so smooth and that they glide around so uh -huh. smoothly. And so the first time I went in one, I was not prepared. I know it's called a chopper now that I think about it. But the first time I was in it, I was not prepared for the choppiness. 
So I spent the entire time thinking like, when is it going to smooth out like a plane does? Like eventually you have choppy and then it goes away. And I kept Uh thinking like, when's it going to smooth out? And I was like stressed. And I was seriously thinking like, if you crash in a helicopter, do you, is it better if you crash in the ocean or on a cliff? I don't know. We're going to, we're going to crash and die the whole time. I was like so stressed (laughs) out about it. We're in Hawaii. We're in Kauai actually. And Justin had like booked it for my birthday. And when we got out, he he was like, how was it? And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to die the whole time. He's like, why didn't you ask someone? Why did you sit there so stressed out? And I was like, because we're wearing those stupid headsets and they're making the DVD. And I didn't want to be the, on the stranger's DVD as the crazy person who was like, are we going to crash? Is this supposed to feel like this? And, and then they're going to take home their DVD. And he was like, I'm so glad I bought you a birthday present where you just thought you were going to die the whole time. And never told anybody. <laughs> I have a life rule and I don't think I'll ever break it, but it's all aircraft have to have two engines. Yeah, that seems like a really good rule. I just feel like with how much I travel, I just need to have some parameters. Totally agree. (laughs) We have we have the don't die rule in our marriage, so I think (laughs) yeah, we we said in our wedding vows, you're not allowed to die. And (laughs) Justin always says, Leah, people who die doing adventurous things don't mean to die, and I'm like, no, they didn't try hard enough not to die. You have to take that extra precaution, like every time, make sure you tie the extra knot. Exactly. Don't go in. A, don't go in an airplane with only one engine. Go with two, so you have a backup. That's how you prevent it. So I think that's a perfectly reasonable rule. I think a lot of people think that it's going to be so cost prohibitive, but when you have a whole family of four or five people traveling together, right. a lot of times it's almost the same. It's maybe right. just a tiny difference or the same because almost every excursion everywhere is like a hundred and something per person for like everything. And so if you're going on a big bus tour for a hundred and something per person, but you have five people, a lot of times mm-hmm. the private is. 600. So it's like no, it's barely any different. We did a private driver in Tokyo and it was 10 hours and it was about $600. Right. And so what, 125-ish, 120 per person. The only thing it, when you do it that way, it doesn't include like entrances. If you had like a set thing, you might have to buy the entrance to whatever. But honestly, the only one that we bought an entrance to was the sky, the sky tree, which is like their Eiffel Tower or whatever, like the tall building. And mm-hmm. it was like inexpensive, like maybe $20 a person. And I did it on my phone. So that would be the only thing is that when you do the private driver, you have to prepay for or arrange if you have any special entrances. But he was just driving us to different places, palaces you just walked around in, mm-hmm. parks, shrines. It worked out really good. But I also am super big into booking private tours with little kids, even if it's a little bit more money, because if if we need to take a break, we can take a break. Or if the kids are hungry, we can take a break and get some food. Or if you're on a big group tour and it's like, we have to go, we have to go. And then you're more stressed out because you think you're right. making everyone else miserable. So I just spend I think- extra money for a private guide. <laughs> a lot of people would say Japan's expensive. I didn't find Japan to be expensive at all. The yen is actually not very strong. I think they said it was the lowest it's ever been in oh. however many years. Nice. So we talked about your kids' favorite three things in Japan. I would like to know what your favorite things were or things that you saw to do that you would like to go back on an adult trip and do. That is a great question because I actually, the whole time I was there, kept saying I, I would love to come back as a, with just like a couple's trip or like a girl's trip. That Shopping was, was amazing in Tokyo. We stayed in Ginza and it was like, I felt like we were on Rodeo Drive. From the lobby, I could see 
Versace and Louis Vuitton. I love window shopping and going down streets like that and just seeing all of the like craziness. Like my husband was like, oh my goodness, there was so many amazing sports cars. I don't recognize them, but Mm -hmm. I would be like, wow, look at that Toyota. I've never seen that before. And he's like, look at that car. It's $300,000. And I'm like, Wow. <laughs> and everything was so clean. We It felt like they like, I don't know, shot back to the streets. And there was, you could barely ever even find a trash can because they use either like a bento box or they just like take the trash with them. There mm-hmm. was never just the like trash on the side of the street anywhere. That was the, probably the cleanest place I've ever seen in my life. I really liked the service at the hotels. It was really impressive. They also like, for example, we stayed at the Hilton in Tokyo Bay and every day they would replenish the toothbrushes in the room. Yeah. Like they would give you new free toothbrushes for the adults That's and funny. for the kids. They had cute little kid ones, just like little touches like that. I was like, it was more shocking to me because that never happens at home right? at a Hilton. Did you go out into the oh. countryside at all or did you stick to the big cities only this time? We went to Kyoto. We also, when we were in Kyoto, we had a driver and we went to Nara. And Nara has a park there with deer that just live there. And they're very, they're friendly, but they also know that you buy these little wafer chip things mm-hmm. to feed them. And so they were a little aggressive. A though. little too friendly. Yeah, a little too friendly. They kept biting Miles, my youngest, in the butt. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so that was neat. And then and then he drove us to the bamboo forest. It was really neat seeing. The bamboo was like, I don't know, three or four stories tall is what it looked wow. like. To me. It was, it was the, probably the tallest bamboo I've ever seen. I feel but, like most of the things I want to do in Japan are out. Like I want to go to the countryside and the temples and the hot uh-huh. springs. That's where my uh-huh. family's from. My grandma's Japanese. Um, she comes from a little fishing village, and I think it'd be really cool to go. I feel like it's uh-huh. two trips. It sounds like you know, doing the city stuff like Universal and Tokyo, or or going out into the countryside and doing so many yeah. of those beautiful scenery or a places. Trip. Yeah, or a two week trip. That's true. <laughs> Just need more vacation days for the rest of my family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I would love to go back to Tokyo and then be able to go to some of the like has the most Michelin star restaurants like of anywhere in the world. Really? And of course, um, I did not want to eat at any Michelin star restaurants with three little boys. So I would love to go back and try the fine dining. And there's some really amazing looking restaurants. A lot of it, it looks like it's so fancy. It's the kind of restaurant where you're hungry when you leave because the portions are like some foam and like little... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, kind of, that kind of restaurant, but I still like it. I still like oh, it. I love those places. But and I always think there's no way that I'm not going to be hungry after we're eating this, uh-huh. the five course or the seven course. Uh-huh. Basically, give you those teeny bites of fanciness. But usually uh-huh. it is plenty of food somehow because they give you all the extra things, the amuse bouche and the extra oh, courses. Yes. And I usually do end up like, OK, I had plenty to eat. But at the beginning, I always think there's zero chance I'm going to get to the end of this <laughs> and not be hungry. <laughs> yeah, the food there, it seemed like everything took a long time. So a lot of times when I travel with my kids, like last year, we went to Scotland and Paris with them. Mm -hmm. We, we would go get them dominoes or something. And then we would go to somewhere good. But it didn't work that way in Japan. I seemed like everything was going to take too long. And I went to we went to a Japanese restaurant right before we went and I was telling the kids like we went to this Japanese barbecue place. And we get there and I was like, oh, there's nothing like the Japanese restaurant. 
<laughs> so on this trip, you felt like the version of Japanese food that we're served in America doesn't adequately prepare you for what you're actually going to eat when you go to Japan? No, it absolutely does not. And I've decided that anyone that says um, they're so excited to go to Japan because of the food, they've never been there before. But if you go to Thailand, the food is similar. There's the amazing spring rolls and the pad thai and all of the things. I liked the Thailand food better than I liked the Japanese food. You thought the food in Thailand was easier to find? Way easier. Felt. to Way easier. It was and more what you expect. Yeah, it's more what I expected. Like you could get pad thai and all that stuff. And it was the same or better. Okay. It sounds like we need some people in America to come from Japan and open some Japanese restaurants that are real Jap yeah. Japanese food. Because like I mentioned, yeah. my grandma's Japanese. And even when we go back to Kauai, where she grew up, and there's a lot of Japanese people, she eats uh -huh. the food and she says, this is not it. This is not real. <laughs> this isn't the right way. She's always so disappointed. And we're like, where can we go to get you? This is supposed to be the most right yeah. food for Japan. And she's always just sad and disappointed. This is not what she grew up eating. What would you um, tell people about traveling with kids? Like, what are some of your best tips or advice about taking your kids on big international trips? I think a big problem, and I'm just assuming too, so that's also my fault. But I'm just assuming when I see some kids just like losing their minds, they're tired. So you have to be more patient. But um, they also just don't know what to expect. So I wonder if the parents did a lot of telling them what to expect like, for example, when the kid doesn't want to put their seatbelt on on the plane, stuff like that. I always talk to them about it in advance uh -huh. about what we're going to do and how it's going to work and that you have to do X, Y, Z to travel and all that kind of stuff. I think there there's probably a lot of people that just are winging it, I'm guessing. And the yeah. kids just are, don't know what to expect. That's a big thing is me talking about what we're going to do and what they're going to expect in the trip. I agree. We really make a point of telling the kids we're going to go to the airport tomorrow. We're going to have one really long plane and then we're going to be yeah. in the airport flow and then we're going to have one short plane or just yeah. let the kids know like what's coming, what to expect so that they don't get through the short plane and think we're done, but they still have 10 hours to go. Making <laughs> sure that they're aware that like this is only part of it. There's more coming, but you know, uh -huh. so I think that's a great tip of making sure that the kids understand because the parents have all that in their mind and they're thinking about it and worrying about it, but they don't uh -huh. always take the time to pass it on to the rest of the people. I'm lucky since my kids travel enough that they're so used to it. Like they will say, how many planes do we have to go on to get there? Like they're right. kind of already in that mindset, but I know a lot of kids, that's not the case. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved chatting with you. We could talk about travel stories for ages. So we'll have to have you come back and talk about some of our other adventures. But if people want to find you, what's the best way to contact you? Our website is vincentvacations.com. And that's actually also our Facebook page is Vincent Vacation. So facebook.com forward slash Vincent Vacations or Vincent Vacations on TikTok. It's my new love, um, theatrical, ridiculous <laughs> TikToks. I love your TikToks. Thanks for being here. You can always find me on Flip Flops and Adventures on Facebook, TikTok, or Instagram. Or you can find the podcast page on the Flip Flop Experience podcast on Facebook. And happy adventuring.